Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Help on the Way podcast, where we are featuring October 30th, 1983, at the Marin County Veterans Auditorium in San Rafael, California. I am your co-host, The Game, here with my fellow co-hosts, Knob and Fig. Let's go ahead and give them a nice lunchtime hello, friends. A nice Nice lunchtime lunchtime hello, Hello, friends. friends. Now, lunchtime is when we are recording this podcast. You may enjoy this podcast at any time at your own leisure. So if you're at lunchtime... No, I'm going to I'm gonna disagree oh, with you this here. This is a lunch pod. Uh, this is a lunch pod, uh, and I think you're only allowed to listen to this during lunchtime. If you are listening to this uh, before 11 o'clock or after 3 o'clock, uh, I want you to turn this podcast off right now and come back to it when it's lunchtime. Those are now the rules for this lunch pod. So please, I will give a few seconds here for everybody who has been listening to comply with those rules. If it is six o'clock and you're listening to this podcast right now, I want you to know that you're a criminal. And, and that will be enforced. Uh, Nob will yes. make sure to come to each and everyone's door um, to make sure that that the laws get yeah, enforced. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of my role my role on the podcast. Yeah, the muscle, the muscle. Yeah, exactly. Okay, now that we've given them ample time to tune out, if they were now not that we've in the, threatened our listeners, uh, now that they're they're no longer listening in the uh, or that they are listening in the proper uh, time frame of the lunch pod, let's go ahead. Yeah, and welcome kick back, off. people who yes. paused and then welcome came back. back. <laughs> welcome back. Uh, let's go ahead and kick off this week, as always, with our Channel Six news segment. Uh, and I guess the top news of the week is, friends, we have some competition in our little space. Um, one Phil Lesh has oh. not only um, announced um, the Terrapin Clubhouse at a recent show at the Fillmore, uh, he also announced his Phil Zone podcast, which is coming soon. Um, no date. Um, for the podcast, um, Wait, you're saying there's other podcasts about the Grateful Dead besides the, ours? Apparently so. Wow. Well, I don't. I mean, at least I thought we had invented time. the concept. I thought it was just us and guess the year. Yes. So uh, yeah. we do have some competition coming in the one uh, Phil Lish. Um, and yeah, I signed up uh, pre-show. I signed up for the <laughs> Phil Zone podcast mailing list. Um, so we will be the first ones to know as soon as a release date is announced for the Phil Zone podcast. Yeah. Um, and they I, were I, also announced two shows at the Fillmore, I think, in December. Yes. Um, yeah, so a pretty eventful weekend for one Phil Lesh. Yeah. I think he's 82 now, and he's still not only you know playing music all around the country, but also getting into podcasting. That's pretty progressive. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I think he, my lawyers will be speaking to his lawyers, but yeah. Can you imagine if like Phil shuts us down? If we get, I might, I might write a cease and desist to Phil Lesh just to get his autograph on the response. Uh, Tell me to fuck off. Yeah, yeah, you would get chills, and that's who you would get, <laughs> and you will enjoy it. <laughs> Period. Uh, moving on from the Phil Zone, if one can ever do that, 
um, is we have the official release of the Grateful Dead X Student Glass Gravity Bong. Um, yeah, it's um, it's these fancy student glass from uh, the Germany, I'm assuming. Uh, and I gotta be honest with you, I kind of always thought they were gimmicks. Like they've been around for a while. Can you explain to the audience, for those who may not know, or other podcasters who may not know, what a gravity bong is at this uh, point, at this at this stage, and you know, well, it's the, it's the a, development of the bong. It's a gravity perfected smoke infuser. Oh, is really what it is. It's designed for mixologists, chefs, or any purveyors of a good time. Okay. You can use your $600 Grateful Dead gravity bong uh, to infuse meats, to infuse drinks, or just to get high like any other normal <laughs> human being would use this thing. Uh, I'm, I'm watching the... the or tobacco right products. Let's, or, let's call ooh, a spade a spade. I couldn't imagine hitting a water bong full of tobacco. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That'd be awful. <laughs> Not allowed to say anything that rhymes with soul or song. So also, um, if the $600 um, gravity infuser was not enough for your Grateful Dead cannabis consumption, they also And it never a, is. <laughs> and they, well, glad. I'm glad. Because they the gold-plated version. They have a Grateful Dead X student glass ash catcher. Coming soon for another eighty dollars. So, do you not? Oh, want, good God! Do you not want ash in your beautiful Grateful Dead student glass gravity infuser? In so that the case, whole, you the whole shebang of bang is a K for uh, six hundred and eighty dollars, not including oh, okay. not including shipping. Yeah. Um, and your parents I, are just going to take it away anyway. I I have a bong that I bought from China many moons ago for fifteen bucks. Use it every day. I mean, you could you could find a bong for fifteen dollars from places other than China. Very you make a bong for fifteen dollars. You can order one off of China though for fifteen dollars. That's a fact. <laughs> That's a fact. Um. So yeah, it's it's another Grateful Dead weed contraption. Officially, they're, they're really me. getting into every yeah every um, uh everything they can dip their their beaks into. It's interesting. I just it's, what I don't understand is what like what what association do the Grateful Dead have with weed? Uh, except for all of them. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was hoping that joke would land better. Um, uh, thank uh, you. That was thank sarcasm. You. Yeah, I was I was yeah. doing one of my little silly bits. So what what I find interesting, real quick, you silly uh, head. Is they they're selling two versions of this gravity infuser? Okay, yeah. One is the gravity infuser, and then they have a compact gravity infuser. They're the same price. <laughs> the smaller one is five inches less big, less big. The bigger one is five inches taller at sixteen inches. They're selling them for the same exact price. I I literally can't even. I guess you're paying it's for the, the convenience. craftsmanship, right? Yeah, you're getting yeah. just as. It's like an iPhone's not that big either. But... Oh, I'm so sorry. The cheap one or the the smaller one comes with a premium fabric travel case with oh, handles and straps. Where oh, the... so then it's worth it. 
where the taller one comes with a reusable craft box with a handle. So yeah, okay. So I don't. Yeah, I would. I would spend six hundred dollars to get a, a a velvet bag or whatever. I was paying attention to what you just said. So, folks, um, yeah, please, please be a smart consumer when purchasing your Grateful Dead marijuana products. Um, moving Remember on. Remember to buy three at a time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> moving on. Stocking let... stuffers, aren't they? <laughs> uh, moving on so we can hurry up and catch the Goose Billy Strings Europe, Europe shows here this afternoon. Um, we have this week's main event of... October 30th, 1983, at the Marin, I remembered, County Veterans Auditorium in San Rafael, California. Uh, set one gave us Alabama Getaway, Greatest Story Ever Told, Friend of the Devil, New Minglewood Blues, Tennessee Jed, Cassidy, West LA Fadeaway, Hell in a Bucket, and a mighty fine mod as well. Fig, what were your thoughts on set one? Hey, um, so I, I didn't really like this show, um, which is strange because last week's 94 show, I was expecting not to like, um, and ended up rating it one of my books of the dead. Uh, 83 was a, was a year that I was really getting into, and uh, this one fell very short. Um, I think in part because of the pretty poor sound quality of the soundboard mm. that is passed down to us on the archive, and also there is at least one audience tape that was billed as front of board, but uh, wasn't very good in my opinion. Uh, so let's jump into the set. Alabama Getaway, uh, pretty poor sound quality, but I did like uh, King Brent's tone. And I will say, King Brent is in front of the mix. So if anybody yes. is interested in knowing what Brent was doing, he's not you know, behind the other instruments. He's not, you know, kind of adding color and, and context to, to what's going on. He's very much the main instrument on this recording, which was interesting, but also kind of not his role. So it didn't really jive with, uh, you know, listening to it as a, as a concert itself. Uh, for example, Jerry was very much behind the mix, right? You want the lead guitarist to be in front of the mix because he's the lead guitarist. Uh, he's also Jerry Garcia. So it wasn't doing Jerry's uh, awesomeness any justice. Uh, so I guess if you want to study this, is like for it's good for like knowing what uh, Brent is doing. The other thing is the drums just sounded awful. I mean, I think Knob refers to it as you know, shoes in a dryer or something like that. And you know, you couldn't really. There's no sound separation between the distinct drums, and um, it just didn't sound very good. So uh, let's continue on. Um, you probably know how I feel about this show already. Greatest story again. Uh, Bobby's vocals just sounded kind of weird and t took away from my enjoyment of the song. Friend of the Devil was very slow. Uh, I did like uh, King Brent's tone, and he was doing some good harmonies. It was almost as if Brent was the uh, lead singer on Friend of the Devil. It's kind of interesting because it's a Bobby song. New Mingle with Blues. Uh, I was just kind of annoyed with the mix on this one. Tennessee Jed sounded hollow. Um, uh, after the song, Bobby says, it seems our drummer is having foot failure, I believe, which is weird. Uh, Cassidy don't have much for LA Fadeaway. This one actually started sounding pretty good. It was very 80s, uh, just kind of sounding in general, like something you'd hear on MTV in the 80s. This one had a really good pocket, so I did like what the uh, rhythm section was putting down on this one. And we get into Hell in a Bucket. 
this one, Bobby's voice was very, very condensed. It sounded like he was shouting through a tin can and kind of took away from my enjoyment again. And mine as well, uh, this is a Jerry vocal where he sounds out of breath. This was just okay. And that's how they ended the first set on October 30th of 1983. Knob, uh, do you agree or do you disagree? I disagree. Okay. Um, I did. I, I, we've been talking about this show all week in our group chat, and I've definitely, you, you've been saying that you're not huge into it. I've and been the first time I listened, it. You have been. You've, you've, can, I, can I say the word you've used in our group chat? Yeah, go ahead. It's a free country. Sure. Well, Fig's been referring to the show as dreadful, so yes. I was kind of dreading listening to it. Sorry, I, 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 must... I really should bite my tongue when it comes to reactions, because I feel like that's unfair. No, go ahead. No, well, it's okay. I, I, might color, I might color other others' reactions. That's okay. I called that Influence. 91 show unlistenable a couple of times. Um, <laughs> Do you hear no, what I like say a... about some of the songs we listen to on this show? Trust me, Dreadful's and not Especially that bad. Drums in Space. Oh, wait, you don't <laughs> yeah. listen to those. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, you know, we, we disagree, and that's, that's the structure of the podcast. If all three of us agreed on which shows were good and which shows were bad... You wouldn't need all three of us, except for how cute we are. Um, but anyway, Back. getting to the show, um, I liked this one. I, I wasn't huge on set one. Set one to me was just okay for the most part. Um, it was a lot of songs where nothing was like actively wrong. It was just missing that magic. Uh, Alabama Getaway to me is a perfect example of this. It's just a very workmanlike Alabama Getaway. It, it doesn't do anything particularly wrong. It just doesn't really wow. Um, the highlights of that song are without question the, the Brent and Jerry solos. Uh, and it improves as it goes on, um, but it's not, not great. Uh, same with Greatest Story Ever Told, which I think is solid. Again, everything works, but nothing pops. Bobby's vocals sound okay, but the energy was good, and I'll give it that. A uh, very dreamy friend of the devil, Brent's keys and, and harmonies really elevate this one. Uh, a very well-felt friend of the devil solo from Jerry. Uh, to me, the first song that really works tonight is New Minglewood Blues. Uh, I thought there was a great drive to it. It was just a lot of fun, and it was effortlessly fun. Uh, there's a lot to like here. I really enjoy what the drummers are adding, what Brent is doing, what Bobby is doing. Uh, <laughs> I think it helps that it's mostly buried in the soundboard, but even pretty passable slide solo from our pal Bob. Um, and then we get to Tennessee Jed, which long time... All right. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, long time listeners of the pod will know that I'm not a huge Tennessee Jed person, and I'm not, not in love with this one. The solo section has some fun energy. I just... I don't think I ever need to hear a Tennessee Jed that's longer than four minutes. To me, it's too, the, the changes are too repetitive to justify. It feels like we're going on the exact same journey every single time they start the loop again, and I'm never that into it. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Um, then Cassidy is fun. It's not a great Cassidy, but it's a good Cassidy. Uh, a very nice use of dynamics to build excitement on the intro. Uh, Brent and Bob sound great together on those harmonies. The jam is fun. Uh, it's a short Cassidy, but that's the period of time that we're in. And then a, a slow West LA fadeaway, which is interesting. 
it it's not a bad rendition, but again, it doesn't really wow. It doesn't do much wrong, but it also doesn't do much. Um, conversely, the highlight of set one, in in my opinion, is Hell in a Bucket. This is the kind of fun that you want from early '80s Dead. Uh, it's it's just it's a party, and this is the party. Uh, Bobby sounds great once they take that weird vocal effect off his voice. I agree with you that it's mm. weird enough putting it first, but it, it tones down after verse one. Um, everyone just seems into it. There is an excellent use of dynamics to build energy, and I don't just mean it gets louder and louder and louder. They are really good at knowing when to pull back and get quiet in the interest of building anticipation. It's a very solid rendition of Hell in a Bucket. <laughs> and then I thought that might as well kept the fun party energy up. It's not the nicest sound that Jerry makes all night, but it is probably the most animated Jerry sound you will hear, both yeah. vocally and on the guitar. Jerry has woken up. This is Jerry. He is performing for you now. And I think it's a lot of fun. So, yeah, I liked set one more than Fig did, but I'm still not in love with it or anything. What did you think, game? Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, there were some rough spots. I listened to, uh, if you remember yesterday in our little podcast chat, I asked which version of this show you find folks were listening to. And both of you said you're listening to the Gans Miller mix of this mm-hmm. show. Uh, while I was actually listening to the odd. Um, I don't know how I even got on the odd. Um, I think it just was the top source on my app that I use. So I just went with it. Uh, and I pretty much enjoyed set one. Um, Alabama getaway, greatest story and friend of the devil. Not the best. Uh, New Mingle Wood was good. I really enjoyed Tennessee Jed. Um, Cassidy, I thought Bob's vocals were a little rough for me. Uh, I enjoyed West LA Fadeaway. I really enjoyed Hell in a Bucket. And I really enjoyed Might as Well. Um, that was with the odd and the soundboard. Um, mm-hmm. Enjoyed them both. Um, yeah, so when you were, <laughs> you were saying this week, figured that it was dreadful, I was like, oh, no, here we go. And then I'm like, I've kind of been digging this. Like, why? So uh, it may have been. Yeah, I mean, part of it may have been the source. And I usually default to soundboards. Um, odds are fun, but I just wasn't digging the particular odd that I listened to. Uh, it wasn't a good one. It was not a good. Yeah, oh, OK, but but maybe you just got a better listening experience, you know, regardless. Um, I, I believe just to. A uh, quote from our little uh, chit chat channel. I believe I said that th- this show makes me feel as if I had the flu because uh, it just it just sounded woozy. I don't know. Does woozy ring a bell? Like, does that? I, can yeah. you identify with that feeling? Yeah, I can say there's a little bit of of grogginess in some of the songs in set one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's something I've, I've felt in, in other '80s, early '80s shows. Um, it just uh, I don't know. Like, it's like a smoky and hazy and just not all there for some reason but that's the your, smoke you know, yeah. the smoke and the haze continued on to set nice. two. Thank <laughs> where's nice. thank you you're very well i actually got my smoke and haze out of a, a 600 gravity infused <laughs> uh, now is that an officially licensed product by the grateful dead yes yeah i would say this set two was officially licensed <laughs> by the grateful dead it was signed off by the garcia estate <laughs> uh, set Gosh. two kicked off with Bertha. Then we got Samson and Delilah. 
Ship of Fools, Playing in the Band, Drums in Space, Truckin', Spoonful, Black Peter, Sugar Magnolia, and of course, it ended with my favorite song, Day Job. Uh, <laughs> Nob, what were your thoughts on set two? Uh, I liked it. Uh, I'm going to spoil the the later segment where we say which set we liked more, but without question, set two is the better set of the night in my less than humble opinion. Um, to me, it gets off to a stronger start, a really nice boppy Bertha to get things started. There's not a lot to say about it. It's just an incredibly strong 80s rendition of Bertha. I had a good time listening to it. Uh, I really enjoyed the transition into Samson and Delilah. It was very much a, this song is over and now this song starts, but the drummers came in at just the right time uh, to really build the hype and the energy. I thought the Samson jam had a lot of really fun interplay between Brent and Jerry, and of course the drummers always turn it on for a good Samson. Uh, I, to me, the highlight of this show is, is the set two pre-drums segment. Uh, that continues on into Ship of Fools. Uh, again, longtime listeners of the pod will know that I'm not huge on Ship of Fools. It's, it's far from a favorite of mine, but this is an incredibly soulful rendition of the song. Jerry <laughs> delivers his most passionate vocals of the night, uh, and this is even in a show that includes Black Peter and a slow friend of the devil. To me, the most emotional moment of the evening is this Ship of Fools. I really enjoyed it. Uh, playing in the band is a, a fast rendition for sure, but it still has our first, like, I don't know, I, I'll, to borrow fish terminology, like, this is our first and probably only type two jam of the night. This is the only Gosh. time it really gets particularly out there or leaving the form, because like Tennessee Jed, there are some nice solos, but it's just soloing over the chord changes. Same with Bertha, same with Friend of the Devil, whereas here with playing in the band, like, Usually what happens with this song is it dissolves and they find some nice, cool sounds to make. Uh, and there are some cool sounds here. There's some nice fast runs from Jerry. But to me, things really get cooking about halfway through when it kind of simmers down and then gives itself a little more room to grow yet again. Uh, and then we get to drums, which is a fairly standard drums until the marimba is introduced, at which point... I can only describe it as it sounds like a Rube Goldberg machine that's made out of cartoon skeletons. I don't know if this makes sense to anyone else listening, but I, that is truly the only way I could describe this drums. Um, once, the machine, once the machine falls apart, drums gets pretty heavy. Pretty cool. Um, and then space is very lovely. You get a nice Jerry-Bob interplay. Often I find that space is led, obviously, by Jerry... But a lot of times I find it to be Jerry and Brent or Jerry and Vince, Jerry and keyboards. Uh, here there's a lot of really nice Jerry-Bob interplay. It reminds me a lot of Stella Blue. I mean, not a lot, but it reminds me a bit of Stella Blue. Uh, and then a nice comfortable landing into Truckin'. The Truckin' harmonies are pretty rough, and that I will not argue with, but it is otherwise a solid rendition. The energy is good. The drummers were adding a lot. Uh, I was... Bracing, I, I physically braced myself for the sex change line because I realized we were mm. in the early 80s. But then mm -hmm. they said that she got her frontal lobes changed. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll take that, I guess. <laughs> um, that's, it's, that's, that's not it's, bad. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with it. Yeah. <laughs> Everything um, turned out okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, um, I braced myself for it as well. I like as soon as it trucking started, I was having a good time. I was bopping, I was vibing, and then we started about halfway through. I was like, "Oh, we're in the early '80s. Oh, he's gonna say it. Oh, I'm gonna stop having fun because he's gonna say it." But then he didn't say it, and I was like, "All right, I can keep having fun." Um, yeah, the instrumental in this trucking is pretty standard. There's no real jam here, but they do nail the hits, and I am a big fan of the the hits in trucking. Uh, and then a fun transition into Spoonful as Bobby introduces the idea and then slowly the rest of the band agrees, oh yeah, that is the move. Um, the Spoonful itself is okay, uh, but Bobby really gets into it. I'm gonna say for better or for worse. Um, and then we get to Black Peter, which again has a very emotional vocal delivery from Jerry. It's not the strongest song of the night by any stretch, but the feelings are true and for that I enjoyed it. Uh, the harmonies are definitely off again. And then we get to Sugar Magnolia, which is another highlight of the show for me. Uh, there's a really good driving energy on Sugar Magnolia. Like this, I, it's one you gotta get up and dance to, and it all makes sense. It makes me understand why those Peanuts kids dance like that. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't do anything game-changing to Sugar Magnolia. It's, it's not wildly different by any stretch, but it's a really fun button on this show. Uh, Brent's contributions to the Sugar Mag's energy cannot be understated, but good God, Bobby is bringing it. Some clean, clean hits on the Sunshine Daydream. Uh, some points off for the last 30 seconds where Bobby sounds like he's being electrocuted. Uh, but generally, I would say the Sugar Mag was one of my favorite parts of the set. Uh, and then a fine, zippy day job to close things out. We've definitely heard better versions of this song on the podcast. Um, I think it's funny that Jerry barely knows the words to these verses. Uh, but it's it's a fine rendition. It's not a bad day job by any stretch. Anyway, what did you think, Fig? Uh, sure. Um, so Bertha, I, I just thought it kind of lacked the fire and the fun of, of most Berthas uh, to start the second set. Samson, I was about to write something and it never happened. Uh, Ship mm -hmm. of Fools... Um, I just thought it was too croony. Like it was, uh, mm. Jerry was just kind of crooning it out there and, um, it just wasn't doing it for me. Although I was a sucker for the big blues solo, which was very smoky and bluesy. And I, I kind of loved it, uh, playing in the band, the song section was very fast, uh, but really without a punch kind of reminded me of Bertha. Uh, the jam was okay. There was an interesting part where Jerry starts doing a descending line on his guitar. And then that was immediately followed by King kind of figuring out that line and doing the same thing so that was kind of a cool little interplay there drums in space i did like or at least i liked the drums um kind of forget why space was interesting for a while and then became uninteresting for me trucking i wrote was pretty lovely however i could see that being a typo <laughs> uh because i write this on my phone and autocorrect may have uh i could have meant lively i don't know i, I don't would say I it was more lively than lovely okay but <laughs> okay so this is a, a lovely lively trucking um spoonful i did so again king was very up in the mix i liked his backup harmonies on spoonful and he kind of like um he kind of like worked almost like an r&b backup singer on the spoonful section which was like kind of a, yeah. a nice touch which i liked it was it was nice it was different um so spoonful is decent we get into black peter and i think this was the highlight of the show for me it was very nice you know everybody was playing very nice uh the come around part was very strong and very well played. Uh, really nice smoky blues jam at the end there. 
to um, coincide with uh, Ship of Fools and uh, kind of the bluesier feel of the second set. And Sugar Max was really fun. Um, again, King was really up in the mix. So it was kind of fun to hear how he makes a fun song fun. And he does it. You know, he's just all over the keyboard. Um, and uh, it, it, it was good. I, I did like it. And Day Job, I got nothing for. Day Job just occurred. So with that, I'm going to kick it over to um, Game. I love the fact that day job just occurred. <laughs> um, I like set two again. Um, Bertha good, Samson good, Ship of Fools good. Uh, playing in the band was good. Uh, Drum space couldn't tell you. Uh, trucking um, okay. Uh, spoonful okay. Uh, Black Peter pretty good. Sugar Mags was pretty good, and day job as you said existed. Um, wild day jobs appeared yes yes if they would have ended after sugar mags this almost would be on my book of the dead uh but they didn't really i i enjoyed i wouldn't it. go that far I'm and i liked not, it sir. i enjoyed it i enjoyed it i enjoyed it maybe it was the gans miller mix that just really pushed it over the top for me first is the odd but i dug it I apparently it. 31 apparently the next night show is 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 like the show so maybe you should check that one out all right. Uh, moving on from our show review, um, we once again do not have a Scarlet Fire to rate. Nope. However, <laughs> we kind of do. We kind of do. We kind of do. Oh, um, I didn't listen to it, so I'm not rating it. Nob and I had a whole full discussion about this <laughs> earlier. Today. I was walking the dog. That's true. So so was i <laughs> oh oh i see a little multitasking i was um so today's uh what is it um 30 days of the, the dead. 30 days of dead yeah um today's song is scarlet fire and knob shared it with the group i shared and, the group. oh you sure uh, yeah i did not i do apologize i do apologize <laughs> um i'm a bad teacher uh fig shared it with the class uh and I, I, this is gonna sound stupid. I almost forgot how much I liked Scarlet Fire because it's been so long. It's been so long. Since I miss it. Been, um, I think we're coming on six months without having a Scarlet Fire on the podcast. Geez. Oh, um, we think so. We don't know the exact date of this. Um, Nob and I have pinpointed it's probably between what seventy nine and eighty two. It's definitely early Brent based on the vocals. I've done yeah. no further research. Uh, because it tripped me up because that's what I was waiting for. And when and when that part came on, I'm like, well, that doesn't sound like Donna, but it doesn't sound like Brent or it definitely doesn't sound like the 90s. It was when Brent was doing Donna impressions. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's yes. definitely that early Brent trying to sound like Donna, period. And then when it transitioned into fire. I was waiting for the Donna, oh, and that never came. So they should have let like, Brent do that. They, they should have let have. Game do that. Uh, the game ruins fire on the mountain. Eight-minute YouTube compilation. Game um, sucks. Um, but yeah, game, game. Um, so I don't have a rating for the Scarlet Fire. Uh, but if you happen to be listening to this podcast, which we hope you are, uh, and you get this far into it, go check out the 30 Days of the Dead and go pick out. Um, it would be the Scarlet Fire that was posted on uh, November the 8th. Um, really good. 
Um, I really enjoy it. Uh, but moving on. Now, do you have any thoughts on uh, on on what you listened to for that's Scarlet Fire? I liked it. I mean, I I I, I got to be better with Thirty Days of the Dead because I go right into it just going, all right. What are the clues? What am I listening hey. for? What am I finding? I think <laughs> I got to start doing it where like the first time I just listen to it and have a good time hearing a Scarlet Fire, and then I go, okay, but is that early Brent? Is that late Brent? Do you hear Bruce in there? Um, I was I was very much treating it like a puzzle to solve, but I enjoyed what I've heard. Well, it was you were was, on a podcast that literally does that puzzle. Yeah, and I did I I did I did really bad at it, but I clearly it doesn't still haunt me a year <laughs> plus later. I I who even remembers what 1989 rendition of Foolish Heart I claimed was from 1993. Oof. Oof. You do. It just. It, who even it, wakes it, up in a cold sweat thinking about that anymore? I, I who 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 even talks to the therapist about the fact <laughs> that it sounded bad, but I could only hear one keyboardist, so I assumed it had to be solo Vince era and not, in fact, late Brent era. I thought it was the bad bad man, but it was the good good man. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> moving on. Moving Please. On. Um, I spoiled that this show did not make my book of the dead, but it almost did. No, you said, you said almost. No, no, it would have if not for day job. Yes, day oh, job. That that's that was it was hanging on a thread there, and yes, day job yes. pushed it over to the no. Wow. Yes. Um. So, Nobber Fig, does this show make your book of the dead? No, nope. and no. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I, th- I think so of the three of us, you liked it the most. Uh, I think so. Uh, and in fact, I'm really going to buck the trend here. Uh, I'm going to vote for set one. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Okay. That might, as, might as well grab me. Uh, uh, there are some fun songs in set one. I also enjoy the Hell in a Bucket a lot. Um, but no, I, I'm, I'm voting set two for okay. honestly just consistency's sake. And game is biased that um, if he voted set two, he'd be inflicting drums and space onto the audience. So I see, I see game's game there. Uh, but I'm going to go set two, yeah. even though that is something I think about perennially. Uh, two was see, I set. have nothing but contempt for our listeners, so I want them to hear both <laughs> drum space and I, I think, uh, an 83 day job. I feel like you, Nob, view it as like a um, challenge, like a like creative writing challenge of how do I actually speak you know, the, my, a review of Drums and Space into existence. And yeah. uh, you do a good job. I, I want the audience to let me know if, to them, it sounds like a Rube Goldberg machine made out of cartoon skeletons. I thought it was, I thought that was very evocative. I Thank definitely you. Had, Thank you. Yeah, definitely paint a picture. It's appreciated because I'm just like, yup, that happened. <laughs> and game just it tries to pretend it did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now, our next big question. Who is your mother trucker? Uh, Fig, I'm going to let you pick first. Uh, King Brent's my mother trucker. Oh. I ride with King Brent. Nob, your mother trucker, please. Yeah, this is, this is also a King Brent night. Um, he's just all over the place, and his contributions to the energy, both in terms of his keyboard playing and his, his vocal harmonies, cannot be understated. This show is as good as it is because of Brent. And 
I will let both of you decide who I'm going to pick. Is it Brent? King Brent? Yes, you all correct. Uh, I agree. Um, it was wonderful. Um, Jerry's vocals on might as well was really fun. Uh, but Brent, Brent drove the whole show. Uh, Jerry so did Brent, have a good night. I, yeah. I will agree with you there. This is a strong night for Jerry. But yeah, this is a Brent show. Weak night for Bobby. I, I, we, we, we don't say who was the weakest. But if I had to say weakest, I'd say weak for Bobby which is, is rare, I would say. Yeah, he's given a lot in terms of energy, but it's often at the detriment to, like, sounding, like, yeah. good. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely, definitely weird. Uh, now we have our Reddit comments, and we actually have quite uh, the list of Reddit comments. Um, good Sir Fig, how would you like to handle these? Um, I could do the first bunch and then we could have, um, just talk about the second set from the other, from the last big comment there. I don't uh, know. Sounds good to me. Okay. I'll jump into it. Uh, so these are Reddit comments. Uh, we are stickied on the Grateful Dead subreddit. It's www.reddit slash r slash Grateful Dead. Um, and, uh, people from time to time, uh, will, will comment and the best comments get featured on the podcast. So if you want to be listened to by literally scores of people, um, give us your opinion of the weekly show and you may be listened to by literally scores of people. Uh, so one commenter who frequently comments and likes to be heard by literally scores of people is docman427 who writes, I know I said this before, but I find listening to early versions of songs, AKA West LA fadeaway and hell in a bucket. Uh, that would become live stables, staples of the band, always fascinating. It could be how the soundboard is mixed, or just how the new song is is by the performance. In my opinion, Bucket sounds more fleshed out than West LA Fadeaway. And I think that yeah. was consistent with Nob's opinion. Uh, this true. show as a whole is pretty solid. There's always something about October Grateful Dead shows that just feels extra special. And then we have uh, Cabonius, user Cabonius, who says, I'm with you. I find it interesting as well. In 1983, they were woodshedding those two tunes. Bucket got played 25 times that year, and West LA uh, was 18 times. One thing I like about these earlier versions is that Weir and Garcia are really into their new compositions, which Garcia shows in part by not forgetting any lyrics. Awesome. So I will kick it over to, let's say, Nob to talk about uh, Mr. or user Cabonius's uh, review of the second set there. Sure. I'm going to... Cabonius left a very long and very good and and thoughtful review. Uh, I'm going to only read part of it, just in the interest of time. But if you would like to read the whole thing, and I recommend you do, uh, check us out on reddit.com slash r slash Grateful Dead, where you could find the, the thread stickied, and if you click Fig's account, you could go back and find this one. Anyway, um, I'm going to just highlight what, what Cabonius had to say about set two. Um, and then second set, well, fun to see Bertha into Samson instead of the much more common Bertha into Good Lovin'. Mm. And then I've always felt that Ship of Fools is a good barometer for Garcia's mood. We know he really liked it as a composition, liked singing it, so it just feels like a good omen when it sits in that third spot. Here again on this night, Garcia's voice sounds strong. He's got good control, just a sweet rendition. Solid plan. I could wish for it to have been a bit longer because it felt like they were mining some good territory. 
And to briefly edit, I'm going to step back into being knob and I'm going to editorialize and say that I fully agree. My only gripe with playing in the band is I genuinely wish it was about five minutes longer. Anyway, back to Cabonius. Um, but just, you just when they're starting by the to get... way you, you, you speak. Like, yes. Yeah, just put on, if you put on an accent, then we'll know. Yes, of course. Okay. Um, but make it, make when it they're starting. But when they're starting to get good and weird with a couple of... <laughs> I'm not going to keep doing that. With right, a couple right. of really good spooky bits of sustain, instruments get put down and the stage is left to the rhythm devils. The first half of space has a nice bit of jamming, maybe even a little hint of a Spanish jam, before pivoting to signal the truckin' that is to come. Spoonful is a fun little treat, and then Black Peter seems like a decent choice for the night before Halloween, although my heart's own desire would have been for a China doll. Not sure how the fans felt about the return of Day Job. It departed after New Year's Eve 82, only to reappear in September. So the mansion of October 1983 is one heck of a place. Everything I've heard of it, the two MSG shows, Hartford, the Centrum shows, and the Halloween show, has been consistently well played and downright hot at times. On that note, this show doesn't strike me as particularly blistering. Feels like the band is happy to be at home in the very comfort, uh, comfy confines of Marin's Vets, what does that place hold anyway? 2,200 folks? But still, cool. even if it wasn't a barn burner, I can say that I'd have been one happy hometown fan after driving up from my home in San Mateo County to catch this show and or the following night. And what great value for money 40 years ago. Not sure what it costs to get into these shows, but I know the ticket prices from the BCT shows following Halloween were a mere $15. What an era. Oh, Do we man. know what BCT? What is BCT? Bacchus? Uh... That's BTO. Actually, don't. Uh, let me look real quick. I, I just want to also pause for a moment and, and stress. Oh, Berkeley Community Theater. Um, okay. I just want to stress that. that. I mean, I Googled it, but I know it now. <laughs> um, but you, like $15, man. I know we talk about this all the time, and it's just the nature of things. But like you, that's, you, you don't. You don't get tickets for a band as big as the dead is. So you don't get anyway. tickets for you don't get tickets for anything. No, for like that's no. like that's, I mean, fifteen dollars is the uh the fee. It's processing like, fees, yeah. Not even. Like that's parking cost. Partial for. partial fee. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Ugh. Next week on our Things Are Too Expensive podcast, let's talk about the <laughs> price of milk. God dang it. Bong, uh, the price <laughs> of bongs are too damn high. <laughs> Back in my day, you could get a $15 bong from China, but the kids these days, they're <laughs> buying their $600 branded bong Limited with their iced coffee and the fancy ash catchers. Back in my day, we just damn avocados in their gravity bong. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on here next week, we have oh, December fifteenth, nineteen ninety four, at the oh, LA good. Sports Arena in Los Angeles, <laughs> California. Um, yeah, there is not much. Oh, we get a lovely Lazy River Road that will be enjoyable. Uh, yeah. We get a way to go home, a Karina. Hey, Foolish Heart's uh, one of my faves. A Liberty. Yeah, I was really, I woke up this morning and I thought to myself, what I really hope for next week on the podcast is we get a 1994 Road Jimmy. 
And Bobby plays acoustic guitar during space. So maybe mm-hmm. I will actually cool. pay attention to Drums in cool. Space next week. Um, let's go ahead and do our bookkeeping as always. Please go ahead and smash that subscribe button and like and share with any and all of your Grateful Dead loving friends and family. You may find us at wherever podcasts are downloaded, but not ones that loosely rhymes with ready or not. Hey, ready or not, if I. Uh, we're not Arena. on that service. <laughs> we're not on that service. Uh, but you will find us on any other major podcast platform. Uh, if you do prefer to get your podcast directly from the source, please do that at helponthewaypod.podbean.com. If you would like to email us, please do so at helponthewaypod at gmail.com. Uh, communicate with us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Grateful Dead. Uh, YouTube, there's a pile of uh, videos coming uh, literally in queue to be uploaded as I say this message at youtube.com slash helponthewaypod. And I am on Kick every now and then at kick.com slash the GD channel. Um, any parting words from my friends, Nobber Fig? Yeah, I I don't actually have contempt for you, the audience. Um, I like you all a lot. Um, but that being said, enjoy listening to Drum Space and Day Job, fuckers. I'm going to invoke my right to remain silent. From the top. And thank you once again for listening to the Help on the Way podcast. <laughs>
no sense in analyzing. They got it tap. Since and he called up on the lion's back. You read about this lion, he killed a man with his paws. Since he got his hands up around that lion's jaw. And he read that beast, God was killed him dead. And the bees made honey in the lion's head. If I have my way, if I have my way, if I have my way, I would tell this old building down. Position 
bottle stands as empty as it was filled before. Time that was in plenty, but from that cup no more.
Oh, trust reason, man, it's just too much. I don't trust nothing, but I know it's coming right. See it once again now, but I hope you understand. When it's done over, no, man, it's just a man. Playing, playing in the band. Daybreak, daybreak on Look for answers, always look for fights. Some folks on my treetops, just looking for their kites. And I can tell you, future, well, I look what's in your hand. But I can't stop for nothing, I'm just playing the band. Playing, playing the band. Daybreak, daybreak on the
Thank you.
church crashed in, I keep chugging like the good old man. Together, we're more or less in line. I just keep chugging. Oh, oh, oh. Here's a view in the pressure monkeys on our main street. Chicago, New York, Detroit, and it's all the same street. You see, because if you're involved in a typical daydream, hang it up to see what you're marveling. Dallas, got a soft machine. Houston, too close to New Orleans. New York, got the ways and means, but just won't let you be. Oh, no. So most of the cats are with the thing we can chew them. Most of the time they're sitting and crying at home. One of these days you feel they better be going. Out of the door and down to the studio alone. Chuck it. Like the dude I'm playing. Once told me you got to play your hand. Sometimes the cards are worth the time. If you don't lay them down. became a sweet chain. She lost the sparkle, you know she isn't the same. Ever since she went and had her front loves changed, all the fan could say is in a shame. Bump to Buffalo, I'm in thinking, you got the mellow soul. It takes time to pick a place to go. Just keep chugging, oh, oh, oh. Like a travel, you're tired of traveling, you want to settle down. Well, I guess they can't revoke your silver child. Get out of the door, line, look on. Sometimes the lights don't shine on me. Other times I can barely see.
a spoonful of tea Just a little spoon of your precious love Good enough for me Men lies about it Men cries about it Spoonful Baby dies about it Spoonful Does everybody fight about it? Thank you. 
the door But who can the weather come in Just wanna have a little peace to die and a friend or two I love at hand. <laughs> Thank you. 
She can dance the Cajun rhythm Bet you like a wheel is four-wheel drive She's my summer love and it's grateful and weird She can make it happen Sunshine daydream, sunshine daydream, it comes. 
come, 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 come,
Good night.